hottest independent podcast on the basketball scene. You're listening to the Airwood Basketball Hour, and I am your host, Paul Ables. Joining me today to break down the NBA is my front court podcast teammate. I'll call him the Kawhi Leonard to my Paul George. That's ESPN Radio's very own Angelo Carriero. Thanks for letting me be Kawhi, man. I thought it would be a, a malservice uh, if I didn't give you Kawhi and you would just stop recording <laughs> if it didn't happen. So uh, to <laughs> be clear, of course, to another podcast. And I hate associating with Paul George as I'm a Pacers fan, but you know I'll take one for the team. It's all good. Um, <laughs> to the listeners out there, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Of course, as mentioned in the last episode, the M1 Basketball Hour is back. We are here to serve your nerdy basketball needs from league news to player movement, legacy impact, and more. Uh, today's show, we'll be covering all things Kawhi, his you know, new standing in the league, his current future legacy, and of course, the Claw's recent power play to move to L.A. So if you're ready, Angelo, I'm ready just, just to dive right into it. Apple time, apple time. <laughs> all right, so in this first section, what we're going to do is ask a couple uh, have a wide range of conversation on Kawhi. One thing, Angelo, I want to lead off with, I have to give you credit. Because regarding Kawhi, uh, you've always been higher on me for a longer period of time. Uh, I've always admired him a lot, and you deserve credit. But you were—it's it's sort of like with that underground, really good band, and you were there from the beginning. I was there when, when they hit mainstream. <laughs> you were there, like in the grassroots section. Um, so, first thing, can you tell me what made you an early believer in Kawhi, and did you ever see him reaching this level? So it's really interesting because I don't even think I was on the front as maybe some other people because it was 2017, so not too long ago. It was that 16-17 season, and James Harden and Russell Westbrook were in that battle for MVP, and a lot of people said that Kawhi should have won it. Well, I didn't see a lot of Kawhi that year, so I was a little suspect. And what made me such a believer was the playoff run. I know you remember when he got hurt against Golden State in the playoffs. Correct? Yeah, of course. But but what I remember more of is what happened before that. That's what it was. That's what made me the believer is that playoff run that he had was unbelievable. And the reason why is because – I knew he was a good defender. I knew that he was a good rebounder. But as a number one option offensively, I just needed to quote-unquote see it. And boy, did he show me during that playoff run. I remember just seeing him play. And the way that he commanded the offense, I just never thought he would be that great of a score. And once I saw that from him, I saw the bigger picture with Kawhi. And that's why... I started leading the bandwagon between us on him, and really, he, you know, he proved me right time and time again. Yeah. So on that run, he played 12 games with the Spurs. It felt like more, but of course, they fell. Um, but Kawhi uh, was injured in Game One of the Western Conference Finals against Golden State uh, because Zaltzovichuli is a terrible human being uh, and undercut him. But before that, before he went out, in 12 games, he averaged 28 points. Eight rebounds, four and a half assists, and almost two steals per game. And here's the crazy thing. He did this uh, showcasing his high-volume offense for the first time, being kind of like the guy. Uh, He shot 
53% from the field. 46, yeah, 46% from three. What? On almost, yeah, on almost five attempts a game. And uh, oh his, two, his two point percentage was 55%. Uh, even at the free throw line, he was a 93% shooter in those 12 games. So he went berserk in, the, in that playoff run. Here, let me just look. His advance, he led the playoffs that year with a 31.5 PER. Um, and to take that number for what you will, but still, that's a pretty good uh, representation. He also led the playoffs in win shares per 48. Uh, at a, just an insane number. Uh, and his true shooting was at 67%. So, yeah, pretty good. This is unbelievable. I knew he had yeah. a good run, but I'm looking at the statistics now, and that's just... His his high... Uh, he scored maximum of 43 points in a game in that run. So, yeah, he was incredible. And that year was, like you said, the year where... I believe he finished actually top. I, I think he was, he was third like behind Westbrook, who finished first, and Harden, who finished second. You're right. Yeah, no third. Um, yeah, which is which is crazy. But um, what we, you know, it's kind of funny. I think with Kawhi, I think or I compare him a lot to Scotty Pippen. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're hard to compare because Pippen was always in that uh, Robin role, right? To you know, to Jordan's Batman, if you will. <laughs> Uh, except for the two years when Jordan went out uh, to go play baseball for a while, take a break from basketball. Uh, Then we did get to see Pippen and Pippen played great. Admittedly, he was very good, but he didn't quite rise enough to the occasion to truly be like like an, an elite number one option for the team. And the difference here is that Kawhi starting that season, you saw that, Oh, Whoa, wow. He can do this. I, and that surprised me a lot. I didn't quite think he had that in him before. Um, and as we've seen since then, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, when we did our fantasy draft. And for those who don't know, Paul and I have created a an alternate to fantasy basketball like you'll play on ESPN. We redrafted the entire league and we essentially play the GMs of the teams. And... In our fantasy draft, it was about two weeks into the 2017-18 season. Um, I picked Anthony Davis first. He picked Kevin Durant second. And this is to keep these teams from here on out. And we were just kind of picking who we thought are the best players now and will be the best players going forward. That's why LeBron was the fifth pick because he only had a couple elite years left compared to younger guys. And I picked Kawhi third. And Paul, you were you were kind of surprised by that. You thought Giannis was the clear, which you were right. I mean, it's not that I wasn't, I was wrong, but you were right about Giannis's value. But um, that caught you kind of by surprise. Initially, it did. I mean, I thought he was maybe you know fifth or sixth, perhaps. Uh, I thought that Giannis was clear. And also on this draft, we drafted within the prism where we wanted to form uh, teams and compete in like a hypothetical 10-year, decade-long window. Who would win the most championships in a 10-year span? So yes. that's where you kind of give your your different value, valuations. And uh, So I was thrilled to take Giannis fourth, but I think I was proven wrong because uh, I considered Kevin Durant to be the best bet, to be uh, the best player like instantly for, for like a two- to four-year span. And as we can talk about, we get into more, that may very well be quiet set. 
So um, I hope so. Man. That that was a good pick for you. <laughs> Looking back, you I, are a little ahead. <laughs> I have won the first two championships, but you're coming. So, uh, so with with Quad, just kind of steering the conversation a little bit. I'm curious now that we've had roughly what a month or so to to let this championship with Toronto marinate and uh and now also we've seen the uh, results of Kawhi and his free agency and whatnot. Um what what impact did his twenty nineteen NBA title as a Toronto Raptor just to repeat, it just still sounds strange. Um what did that have or how did that impact your perception of his uh, of his stature currently and like historically perhaps? It really cemented everything that I thought of the guy. I think that postseason run is going to go down as one of the better single performances of all time. Um, I don't think it was better than LeBron's. And I know we're not here comparing, you know, LeBron to Kawhi or Kawhi to LeBron or Kawhi to anybody. You know, it's his in isolation. I'm just trying to contextualize it, you know. Um but it's still, again, I think it'll go down as one of the best. I think I really would like to see him healthy. Like you, you realize, like you realize, everybody else was saying that he wasn't completely healthy during right. that run, and you, I, and you could see it starting maybe near the end of the Milwaukee series, and definitely in the finals, you, you saw it at times. Uh, where just like any other player, I mean, he got a little banged up. I think it was with his leg or his knee or something like that. And and you saw there was just some times where he wasn't quite himself. I think the the last game actually, the clinching game, he wasn't all that. Um, you know, but he contributed enough to win. Um, yeah, I think he led the team in scoring more than a couple of times during the finals. He did, but everything up to that, he he's more than proved that you can build a team around him without a superstar and win. And if you want to put LeBron's 2015-16 championship in there, I would listen to it as a situation like that. But to be honest, that's something he's never done. That's something that Durant's never done. You know, this is a truly special run and player, and I think he can get better. If he's healthy, like completely no – bearings about it healthy i can't believe the type of ceiling that that guy can can reach yeah so i was i actually have some numbers on his uh, his finals performance whatnot uh for anyone that doesn't know my with the website that's associated with this podcast it's nbastatslab.com and uh, i do something called ring score where i just grade every player's finals series uh here we see up Almost got it pulled up here for Kawhi, which is fantastic. I mean, you're what you're the work that you've put into that and what it's produced is pretty phenomenal. Is it just finals? Do you have play playoffs in general, or is it just the fi- finals right now? So right now it is finals, but it is funny you ask that. Uh, someday in the future, when I have more free time, <laughs> I I do want to go back and actually uh, also have like, like a playoff score maybe and look at. Uh, a player's performance like in each different each round, so, which would be great. Uh, it's just that's a lot of manual work uh, that oh, yeah. I need to get oh, into later. But no, there's I have an interest. But here's the thing, just to break this down. So first of all, the Raptors were an underdog against the Warriors, and so to win in six games, 
um, against a team going for a three-peat and going for a fourth title in five years. That's impressive. Kawhi averaged 31 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two steals on a block. Very nice. <laughs> Very good numbers across the board. Um, he finished uh, among all players in the series, including Golden State. He finished second in scoring, first in rebounds, first in steals. And I think he was second in blocks. So that's pretty dominant. Yeah, uh, you can say that. Terms, yeah. In terms of uh, kind of his just to kind of put his performance in perspective. So he led all players in scoring twice and rebounds twice and seals once. So uh, had a, just an all around really impressive finals performance for sure. Uh, and it does kind of grade out as I think one of the 30 or uh, best or so, which is, which is really good. But uh, no, for me, it's impressive because I think this was crucial for Kawhi's legacy getting this title. It's not as an, it's not as impactful as what LeBron did in 2016. I think winning a title for Cleveland and beating the Warriors, who at that time looked pretty invincible. You know, we didn't. We were thinking, man, they won 73 games. Uh, they were almost up. You know, three. Well, they were at three one. Sorry, uh, almost three zero. Uh, didn't really see them losing. And so, what quite or what LeBron did in that finals, I don't really see that being surpassed. However, what Kawhi did this year is, is pretty close. Still to bring Toronto their first ever championship. Who, who saw that coming? Uh, I've, I've, I've never really thought about or associated the Raptors franchise with NBA champion. That's just never crossed my mind. So, uh, to me, that finals, it's, it's kind of started this different career path that could help forge a very unique and, and frankly, a stellar historical resume that can help Kawhi quickly ascend the all-time ranks. Uh, he just has a, a resume that's very different from everyone else. So I want to break in just a few numbers real quick. So in terms of just accolades that players have won, uh, you can, of course, you can win championships. You can make the all-star team. You can be nominated to the... Uh, like an all-league team, and you can win the season awards, right? So, summing all those together, Kawhi is actually tied with Stephen Curry. Uh, they each have won, like, 18 accolades in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a different mix, of course. You know, Kawhi, um, he has two championships, whereas, you know, Steph has three. Um, but Kawhi surpasses him in other areas, too. Uh, when you get to, like, all-NBA first teams, uh, you know, Steph has one more than than Kawhi, but then Kawhi catches up because he has five All Defensive selections, which is pretty good. Um, but the thing I like the most is that he has these two Finals MVP awards mixed with two Defensive Player of the Year awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's it's pretty much like him and Hakeem that have that accomplishment. Uh, it's really different. So, uh, Angela, just let you know, and and we haven't talked about this. I don't think. In just eight seasons so far, Kawhi is already like top fifty all time in total career accolades. Wow! Yeah, and, and just you know to put that, funny? just to put that in context. So again, he's tied with Steph, but Steph has played two more seasons than Kawhi has. Um, you know, because Kawhi like lost one. Put that in context. That's more career accolades than Steve Nash has. That's more than Dominique Wilkins. That's more than Paul Pierce. That's more than Colin Anthony. <laughs> 
<laughs> Melo played 16 seasons. Paul Pierce played 19, and Kawhi's already way ahead of their pace. Um, so, actually, what's kind of interesting. So, if Kawhi can keep this up in just the next two years, where he adds a couple more All Star games, a couple more All NBA teams, let's say, um, in just like the next one or two seasons, he can move up in the top 40 all time and have as many career accolades as guys like Isaiah Thomas. Elgin Baylor, Allen Iverson, Patrick Ewing. I mean, those are big players with long careers, and Kawhi can be there quickly. Um, lastly, if he keeps his pace up again, where if he adds even like one title, another Finals MVP, maybe he gets an MVP uh, and just keeps racking up All Star game appearances and All NBA appearances for just like let's say three or four years, he can move to the top thirty all time, and that would put him amongst Moses Malone, John Stockton, Charles Barkley, Jason Kidd. Um, so it's funny because you tell me, like, I, I think of him as not having a long career, but he's already won so much. It's really impressive. It's funny because, like, basketball reference, where we get a lot of these stats from, uh, .com, they – it's, it's just amazing how the narrative and what we create around these guys means more. Now, you actually have solid evidence of uh, career accolades. They have him as Kawhi Leonard, a 29.6% chance to make the NBA Hall of Fame if his career ended today. Now, you complete, we, we all disagree with that, right? <laughs> I completely. Uh, num- as much as of the numbers guys I am, that's bull harky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it's it's just because of the gravity of what he has accomplished. And every, everything that you've said about him and his uh in his stats that it means so much to to do what he did. Remember there was a time where he had a finals MVP, a defensive player of the year award, and he had one more accolade. I think it was all NBA first team. And he was the first guy ever to have all three of those without making an all-star team. Yeah, yeah. No, the th- crazy thing with Kawhi, he is currently just a three-time all-star. Look, that's nothing. Um, so granted, you know, again, he lost the season injury, which, you know, you can you factor in. But just to compare him to Steph, Curry's made six all-star games already. Um, even Russell Westbrook, he's made eight all-star games. And Kawhi's in all fairness, only made those guys three. were drafted before him, too. Of course, right. Uh, but that's kind of the funny thing is just Kawhi, or I always argue that I, w- I like a player that has a unique, different sort of path uh, to their career trajectory. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, like with Steph, he's kind of unparalleled in what he's doing to the point guard position and in his shooting, um, it's it's going to give him a chance to have a to kind of surpass some other guys. Your traditional players, um, I'm thinking of like Carl Malone and John Stockton and uh, guys like that that don't quite have that that unique it factor, maybe that helps them ascend higher. Kawhi is going to have that too. <laughs> what <laughs> you're like John Stockton and Carl Malone? I'm like championships. Yeah, that's one of the things. That is one thing. Uh, I know it's terrible, but uh, no, but like, I think Kawhi's going to have that as well. 
with his defensive prowess that he established early on. Um, but now all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, he he also might be the best offensive player in the league. <laughs> I mean, him, you know, him or KD, right? Um, I just don't think many of us saw that coming. And uh, he's, if I'm other superstars, I'm pretty terrified <laughs> of, of what Kawhi might do the next couple of years. So, um, just to show how I wasn't on the huff, on on the hoof of of the Kawhi um, mania. Did you know that 2016-17 is not the highest he's ever placed in MVP? Really? Really? He was second in MVP voting in 2015-16 in Steph's unanimous year. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. And see, see, there's part of it. I had – really, when I think of him in his career, I think of like three seasons, honestly. I think of when he he emerged in the scene and he won finals MVP – and he frightened LeBron James in the finals mm-hmm. as a spur. Uh, I think of the playoff run that he went on in that whole season before uh, with his last year as a spur, and then this year. And that's it. I, I really I really think of three seasons, and that's all that comes to mind. And he's already such an accomplished player. It's, it's pretty it's remarkable. It's unbelievable. And, yeah. and two side tangents, I'm not going to take more than 30 seconds on this. Steph Curry's no, one years. shares per 48 that year. His unanimous was... Uh, thirty. It was point three one eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, so he so he's responsible for thirty two percent of their wins, uh, which is just an absurd number. That's... Yeah, I like to think that <laughs> a championship team has a starting lineup that kind of can create one win. Like those five players are worth one win a game, and he was mm-hmm. worth three tenths of that by himself. So that's just <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> And if Chris Stops is as good as we think he is, listen to this Rookie of the Year voting one through four. Carl okay. Anthony Towns, Chris Stops, Porzingis, Nikola Jokic, and Devin Booker. And good other Lord. than probably putting Chris Stops below Jokic right now, you know I would have him higher. That's scary accurate to like where you would kind of rank him today. And some people would put Jokic over Towns. Jeez. That's, no, that, that's incredible. Good rookie class, I would say. Yep. So um, sorry about that little tangent. Continue. No, no, that's interesting. So, okay, here's a, another question. Kind of, I think Kawhi and Kevin Durant, those are probably your consensus two players vying for the current belt, if you will, of best player in the league. Uh, first of all, do you agree with that? And second of all, can you just kind of compare and contrast, like what your thoughts are on on who is the best player, if it's Kawhi or someone else? Yeah, first I'll say I disagree. Um, I think that LeBron James still Watch has Watch out, a... dude. It sounds like the cops are coming for you. <laughs> you got busted, finally. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, I would take uh, LeBron James into that conversation. I really think that he's kind of being slept on a little bit. Um, we'll see Anthony Davis rise and Steph uh, and Giannis coming up. I think uh, – I think the top six of the league is as healthy as it's been in a long time. You know, it's yeah. it's really really good. But right now, I yeah, think like heading, for the heading into next season, yes, heading into next season, um, Kawhi, I would say is first. He he's the defending champion, defending defending Finals MVP, and. This Kawhi mania, man, I thought this would be the offseason of Durant. And I know the injury hampered it a lot, you know, with Kevin Durant. Certainly. But it was owned by 
Kawhi. Yeah. And uh, I do think that if Kevin Durant was healthy, though, he would be number one. I'll say this. I think if Durant was healthy, the Warriors would have won the title again. Um, I'm not putting asterisks or anything. The no, 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 no. I, I agree with you 100%, and I, too, agree there is no asterisk. To yeah, this no. title, that hey. was a that was a title. Like you can't take that away from them. No injuries happen, and frankly, the Warriors had gotten lucky or fortunate in winning the last three or four years. You know, where Chris Paul, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, you know, the year before, the Rockets probably beat the Warriors. If uh, Kawhi doesn't get hurt, they probably lose to the to the well, Spurs, or it's at least a really good. A good series, right? Yes. Uh, not, not a sweep. And then, yeah, then they beat the Bronze in that 2015-16 season where the Cavs didn't have Kyrie, didn't have Love. Oh, you're saying 14-15, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my, my brain just stopped for a second. Uh, <laughs> no, no. And, and, and they started Matthew Delvadova and Timothy Mozgov in the final. I mean, come on. So, just saying, injuries occur. But I do think because – Durant himself, before he got injured, was on a just as hot, if not a hotter, stretch where he's playing arguably the best basketball of his career. So um, I hate what happened with the injury. It sucks. I hope he comes back, but uh, we can talk about Durant later. But I have my doubts uh, that he'll ever become this same player that he was. And I'm more optimistic Achilles. about it than you are. Right, and we're going to differ a little bit. Uh, my thing is, just real quick on this, I'm going to – take the side of the history of that injury. And based on that, I don't see it being very favorable. Whereas I think you and other people are banking your enthusiasm on Durant's the best player to ever have this injury. And he's different. And and more or less that I think it's his game that is going to be less affected. Like, it's funny that Dominique Wilkins came back as like the biggest success story, considering his game was largely athleticism. And that's kind of what you take out of it. To me, Durant, um, I'm not sure exactly what that injury does to athleticism, like why people don't come back as well. But he's still seven feet tall and can shoot. And I'm, <laughs> I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they said essentially, like, if it does take away his mobility, then he's Dirk. Yeah. That, right. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's that it's he's so tall – you know, that's not going to go away, and neither is his shooting ability, really. So I think that the guy is going to be, you know, he his physically and his game, they match up to survive an injury like that, I would yeah. say. From what I, we may have read the same article, because uh, I, I read that too. Uh, what I have heard is that it limits a player's drives to the basket. They just don't go as much. You don't have that first step. You don't have that, that burst that you used to. So you see a decrease in drives and finishes at the rim. And where that bounces out is that you see a, a dramatic increase in three-point attempts. And I'm like, well, that's that's probably a good thing for Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway. To so, answer your question, though, if yeah. like I said, I would put KD one. Uh, people forget that KD was averaging 40 points a game during a five-game stretch on 50-40-90 during the playoffs. I mean, the guy was playing the best basketball of his life, and he has continuously, each year, gotten better and better and better. And um, I think Kawhi would have been second. Uh, and then, you know, LeBron, AD, Giannis, Steph, like like in that uh, category. So yeah. uh, I do have Kawhi as number one with KD being hurt. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I think for this season, I'm going to give Kawhi the edge too. I think, frankly, he deserves it. And I was on the honest train, and I, I'm still going to be. I think Giannis is going to be incredible. But we look so much ahead that we think, you know, well, Giannis is going to be this. It doesn't mean that at the moment he's the best. And I was, frankly, kind of uh, a prisoner of the moment and thinking that Giannis will, you know, he'll be fine against Kawhi. Kawhi is currently a far better player. Shooting helps, it turns, it turns out. You know, it does, and shoot. it's amazing <laughs> that I think the most under – you know what? I'm really glad you said that because this goes along with his legacy and what this title run did for him. It showed in one playoff series his ability to be versatile at an elite level because in the Philly series they said, hey, man, we're just going to need you to be Michael Jordan and score all of our buckets. And he said, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, but uh, he, he said, okay. And then in the next series, they said, Kawhi, we need you to be an elite defender. That's what we need from you. We need you to be the best. We need you to be Scottie Pippen and be the best perimeter defender of all time. And he said, okay. And but also score 30 game. Yes. Okay. And he shut down Giannis. And then in the next series, they said, hey, man, we just need you to be complimentary and we're going to play a complete team game. We're going to let Siakam roll through this game and then Lowry in this game and Danny Green this game. And he said, OK. And that's what he did. It was his yeah. versatility. He could wear whatever hat they asked him to at an elite level. That's what makes him so freaking special. I mean, I love Kawhi, man. Yeah, he's number one. Yeah, I agree. And what's really exciting to me is, and we'll get this into this a little bit more soon uh, later in the show, is uh, what can happen next year? Because Kawhi is going to be the current belt holder. But just like in wrestling, <laughs> I think like everyone's just ready to go to Royal Rumble. And like, oh, really? Here, we're going to bring it. Because you're going to have the rejuvenated LeBron gunning for him. Because now he's got D- Davis on his side. Davis is going to rejuvenate it because now he's a Laker and he's feeling like, hey, I'm ready to ascend and take the mantle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph, I, I'm praying that we finally see like this high-volume, Harden-esque season from him. I just want to see what can Steph do on like a super high-volume of shooting. Um, not like 2015-16, though? You're not, you don't consider that? Oh, no, I think more so. With Clay, well, the only difference, Clay is out, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, he's going to shoot a million shots. Now that they added D'Angelo Russell, it's, it's going to take away a lot. That, yeah, yeah. So that's that kind of balances out a little bit. But before that happened, it was looking like Steph might have to go Harden on here and just you know dominate the ball. I'm with um, you. I would have loved to see that too. I really. Would've. I still. I want. I want to see it. I want to see what he what he's capable of. Um, all these players, Giannis now has tasted some defeat. Joel and Beads tasted some defeat in the playoffs, and they're both going to come back with great teams. I think the two best teams in the East. So uh, Kawhi, I will say he's – I think he's the current title belt holder. Uh, I don't envy his position, though, because everyone's going to gun for him. Um, one other thing I want to cover on, like, a, just a legacy topic, and then we'll kind of dive into some current stuff. Mm-hmm. Just – it was a curious thought that I had today when I was thinking about this podcast. So – there's always these kind of what if moments, these branching paths that a career or a player's career has. Mm-hmm. So with Kawhi, we initially saw him as oh he'll be this the next lifelong Spurs legend. He'll help kind of extend you know uh, 
with Duncan and Parker and give them one another run. And then he'll carry on and be the new Duncan after, and he'll continue Pop's legacy, and he'll just be the next guy in the Spurs line. And that didn't happen, right? And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, he went to Toronto, which seemed kind of weird, and now it's trying to be like the best thing for his career. Now he's made a power play, uh, the ultimate power play, in forcing himself to the Clippers along with Paul George. And it's curious because I kind of think he has a chance to have a significantly better, more impressive legacy based on what's happened versus if he would have just continued to be a spur. Um, And what I mean is, like, basically, I kind of see it as him having, like, a Robin Hood effect where he's this player that he brought Toronto their first ever franchise championship, and they've never even sniffed the finals before. And now, like, we kind of see that franchise in a different light. And even though he's only there for one year, he's the best player in that franchise's history. And he'll forever be, like, a saint there. Let's say he goes to the Clippers, and the Clippers, the laughing stock of not just the NBA, but of sports, the la- you know, like, what, before the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin era, mm-hmm. you know, in the 2000s and the 90s, the Clippers were a joke. To think of that team even making a playoff run, let alone a finals, let alone win a championship, if he brings both of those franchises championships, uh, you know, even if it's just one each, that to me would be so much more impressive and long lasting um, than if he had won three or four as a spur. Am I crazy in thinking that? You're not crazy because I kind of see what you're talking about. I think players so much these days are branded by themselves. Like, you see what LeBron did. He's worn, what, three different jerseys in his career. You know, Kevin Durant's on his third jersey. Like, it's this is the era where I think that the more you move teams and you you elevate and show your greatness, it's changed. That's kind of what means – more now than staying with one team because people get bored, essentially, Yeah. Uh, with that. And I think that's what you're saying, is that if he would have stayed in San Antonio and took down, like, the Warriors on the way to a championship, it's not – even though we would still celebrate him, we would be like, yeah, he's, he's the next Duncan, you know, in the style of player, there's still going to be a little of that pop missing that's what you're saying is there's just more of a wow factor now i I, yes so part of it i think is that if he stays with the spurs he doesn't get the same level of credit i don't think um you know popovich would get some credit the front office the culture would get some credit Um, the spurs system gets some credit you know and he would always live in duncan's shadow and frankly i don't I wouldn't see him surpassing Duncan because Duncan's the first guy, right, to, to do it. But also, it's uh, Kawhi's unique current choices where uh, he could bring, at minimum, Toronto and the Clippers uh, and maybe a future different team, who knows, down the road, uh, championships where he could completely change how we see these teams uh, because those are two – lower, you know, below average, lower tier franchises historically mm-hmm. who haven't had a lot of postseason success. They've been associated with you know, with not maximizing their talent. Uh, so it's funny because he could have stayed a, a spur. And I just think that 
the way that it's gone, he's now almost going to be seen as this like Robin Hood figure where he just comes in and, and here, you need a title? Here's a title. <laughs> here, you need a title? Here's a title. You and, used Robin Hood and Robin a lot this episode. <laughs> I, I know, but, but it's funny because they're different, right? But yeah. no, I mean, like, let's just say he gives one to the Clippers. And after his four years, who knows? Maybe he goes to like the Pacers. <laughs> no, I mean, like, just if he's just funny, if he just keeps going around the league and gives these downtrodden teams. We've already we we always say that every time a guy does that because I remember me saying that about LeBron, where I wanted him to sign one year deals with like yeah. each franchise in the league and win them a title, and then go to a different team and do that. So yeah, I understand. no, just just to to kind of be a little bit less silly, LeBron with his three championships. Are they're really impressive, right? His finals is even more impressive. His three championships, three championships. Um, but the the one in Cleveland obviously stands out more. What if all three of those were in Cleveland, right? I mean, like his two championships in Miami are very impressive and, and no doubt. But I'm just saying, like, I think if they were all in Cleveland for this long time downtrodden franchise, it'd probably mean a little more. And, and mm-hmm. I just think that he has. With Kawhi, he has his chance to win championships on some different franchises. And I don't know, like, if he goes head-to-head in L.A., uh, goes against LeBron and, and AD, and and it's his Clippers, the downtrodden underdog Clippers, who can own Sable Center and win a championship, uh, that would be a yet another feather in his cap. Let's do a real quick before we go on to the second part of your um of like what you want to talk about. I was thinking, can you, I'm going to make a top five list of NBA players heading into 2019, 2020. Okay. And these are just who I think the top, I'm going to go top six because I think there's a really hard line and I want to see your opinion on it. Okay. I think number one's Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. I'm taking Durant out of this exercise because he would be number one for me. Okay. But I'll go Kawhi Leonard number one, LeBron number two. Hmm. I would go Curry three, okay. AD four, Giannis five, Harden sixth. And then hmm. I think there's a hard line there. Okay. Do you think that they are – do you think that's the elite players of the league or am I leaving someone out? Like I think elite, like these are the guys – and and I begrudgingly put Harden in there because if it was up to me, I wouldn't. But I know that he's great and whatnot, so I I put my bias aside. I guess. Man, that's a ringing endorsement for for Harden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, okay, for me, I think it's easy to include Harden because uh, he just averaged thirty six points a game. You know. <laughs> Just, just that, just that alone. He he had the greatest scoring season since Jordan. So, yeah, um, yeah. and he's finished second in MVP voting like three times now. So, I will. I only have like a slight difference with you. Um, probably put you'd probably put Giannis over Davis. So for me, what I'm going to do, the only difference is I'm going to move AD to six. Mm-hmm. Um. He he has the potential to be number one, okay, but um, I'm going to put Harden fifth, Giannis. Actually, you know, hold on, I'm going to move. Yeah, you can think about this list for a second. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do it. I, 
I really uh, want to put other guys in there. Like, I want to say, you know, oh, who's the top ten? Like, Joel Embiid, I feel like I should put in there. But there's Nicole stuff Jokic. that he has to work with his game. Yeah. And well, there's, Damian there's Lillard, I, I think he's great. I think he's great, great. But he he struggled the last two rounds of the playoffs. He really did. Yeah, um, no, certainly. So I think for me what I would have, I'd have Kawhi, LeBron second. And LeBron second might sound surprising. I just think we're going to – we're gonna, dude, this is the first offseason where he did play in the playoffs. He's got a long break. He's heard all the talk. He's added Davis. And, frankly, the Lakers have done a much better job of giving him some teammates this year versus last offseason. I think yeah, LeBron's going to come out and just rip people. So uh, I would go Kawhi, LeBron. I'm going to go Giannis third, Curry fourth, Harden fifth, Davis sixth. And – after that, it's a yeah. After that, it's, it's a different cluster, and not ranking them. Just I'm thinking Lillard, Jokic, Embiid, um, uh, other guys after that. So yeah, and, and I yeah. think that's the thing. It's where you go from A plus to A. Yeah, is what it is. If we were doing like a NBA 2K type of like rating, I think those are the A plus guys in the league, and everybody else like Paul George would be in that A class, which. Hassan Whiteside, you know. Hassan Whiteside, <laughs> my ass. <laughs> you, hesitated, you hesitated for a moment, like, dude, are you losing? <laughs> no, but not, speaking not, not of Paul lying. George. Yeah. No, you. it's in your... No, no, I know, I know, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, there's a kind of the second brief discussion I want to talk about where we're not talking so much about just Kawhi, but some of the players around the league that he maybe has an indirect impact on this. We call it, this is a little speed round section where I want to give you just a player or probably do four or five of them. And I want you just to kind of give me your take on how Kawhi can has positively or negatively impacted that player mm-hmm. um, in the past. And then maybe going forward um, just to kind of sort of, develop some narratives right between Kawhi sure. and fellow and peers. before we do that i totally set you up just to take it away from you i'm sorry but can we talk about the paul george thing of course or do you want to save that for another episode no no we can we can talk about it absolutely okay i don't know exactly where i want to start but let's start with the deal and then kind of go into the g- bigger picture with what happened there sure do you th- – I mean, for those who don't know the specifics of the deal, it was Paul George to uh, the Los Angeles Clippers to join Kawhi Leonard for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Our boy. Danilo Gallinari. It was four unprotected first-round picks, and two of those are – or one of those is Miami's pick. It's the 2021 Miami pick. Um, well, I'm trying. I'm getting the. I'm pulling up the years right now of yeah. these picks. Um, so it's like four firsts, unprotected, one protected first, and two swaps. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So like three of the picks come from the Clippers. It's one. Or, I thought it was two for Miami, but there, it's one it two, two Miami. It's um three unprotected picks from the Clippers. That's 2022, 2024, 2026. Then they have Miami's first round pick in 2021 unprotected. And the 2023 Miami pick is lottery protected. 
and, and two, then pick two pick swaps in 23 and 25. It's without a doubt to me the the greatest haul <laughs> and just purely in terms of no I think overall it's the greatest haul ever gotten for a superstar and I thought Anthony Davis in that trade with the Pelicans was the highest at that time. Um, this one is there's just there's more picks, there's more swaps. Also, I think Shea is a potential future All Star, so that's a sweet piece for them to get. And also, even Danilo Gallinari, he he was like a fringe All Star last season. He's always been good when he's healthy. It's just he's always had some health concerns, but. Uh, whether or not the Thunder keep him, if they do keep him, he can help them this year. And even on the trade block, he's a one-year expiring deal. So I think to me that is a really impressive haul. And frankly, I know that Paul George demanded the trade so that he can go play with Kawhi. If that deal were presented to OKC without the trade demand, I think they, they should. I think they should do it either way. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I can I can understand to an extent because the the amount of return is just so much, and so you think that this is better than the eighty trade? I think it's better. And here, the reason again, it's always in contact with the teams. OKC, they were the most cap strapped team in the league, mm-hmm. and I believe they were heading for the either them or the Warriors had the highest. Luxury tax bill. I'm pretty sure it was OKC. It was. I'm pretty uh, sure it was OKC too. Yeah. They were going to get the repeater penalty. Yeah, in a really bad. Yeah, and the repeater is terrible for them. So, knowing their cap situation, I think that team was stuck as they were. Now, I'm a believer in Russell Westbrook and Paul George and them, and I think they could have been feisty next season with this wide open league. But I, um, I don't believe that they would have truly contended for a championship. Unless, you know, injuries have happened or something. And that team was pretty much stuck as they were. So I think for them to get this haul, to get out of luxury cap hell, and to basically they're banking on the future. They're still over the luxury tax. I don't know. And they're still over. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's how bad it was. So I think just considering that, um, I think you have to kind of realize when your team is, you know. Done. Yeah. Like you've reached their peak, uh, and I think they did. So, um, you know, we we won't know, obviously. But, I, yeah, even if Paul Torres is happy, if I'm saying Presti and I get that offer, I take it. So you've got me thinking a little bit because – That's what I'm trying I to did, do. I didn't think about the, the prospect of if he didn't demand out. I don't think they would have made the trade. I think they're one of those markets that always want to – perform now you know like always win now win now win now i'm looking at the new orleans trade and i'm trying to think i think the reason why you kind of i I would i would barely side with the the pelicans deal is because number one they got a lot of ammunition they got the fourth overall pick they got um these unprotected 2024 that can go to 2025 they got um top eight protected 2021 that becomes unprotected in 2022 they've got the rights to swap first round picks with the lakers in 2023 
and they got Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. So the pick haul is better with the uh, Paul George better? trade. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the George. See, my thing but, is, though, I but, think the player haul, mm-hmm. I personally would actually almost side with the Paul George trade, too. Yeah, and that's the thing. So that's what I was going to get to was, number one, I think it's just the actuality of what can happen with these future picks. Like, the Clippers, you kind of assume that they're going to be all right. Uh, Miami, now that they have Jimmy Butler, those picks become a little less valuable, but valuable overall because what's going to happen in 2023 around that time? Um, I think Lonzo Ball is – I was watching – a summer league game, like one of his first ones. And you forget like how good Lonzo really is. And I think he was the best out of the player group. Like Danilo's the best player right now, but I mean, for like long-term prospects, I would still take ball over Shea. Okay. So, you know, that's kind of the way I would look at that. And Brandon Ingram's, however you, you know, he's individually. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but you're right. You know, that's, that is more of a conversation than I thought. I was, I was pretty on board with the Pelicans, but I didn't realize that the that the Pelicans didn't get as many picks, I guess, as I thought. Which and is then, hard to believe because they got a lot of picks. Yeah, but then you see picks. the Clippers deal, and I'm like, <laughs> seven, it's essentially seven first-round picks yeah. looking at it. And you know what's funny is that if they had the ability to trade Russell Westbrook to Miami, like they could have – the draft of two franchises for like half a dick, three franchises. Yeah. If you count Oklahoma city as themselves, you yeah. could have Miami's the Clippers and your own draft. If you've shipped him that way and got over, let's say Tyler hero and bam Adebayo, And then that's the Oklahoma city Thundercats at that point. Be crazy. But, um, now um, what I think is interesting on the deal is that from the OKC side, they can, look at it purely as we got all of this for just Paul George. And then they can't. They traded one player and got this whole haul. But for the Clippers, it's different because they give all of that for for really two players. They got Paul George in order to also get Kawhi. So I think when you put it in that perspective, to me it's worth it. Do you agree? Oh, I, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> think twice. <laughs> I mean, what they gave up was a lot, sure, but I'd rather have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yeah. Every day of the week. Every yeah. single day. If it's just Paul George, you know, I would perhaps question it. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's a lot for Paul George. But you had a Kawhi, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. Cause, <laughs> because really, they're either going to be the favorite for a title or among the very top tier favorites for the next three to five years or however long they're and- there. So it, it's the basketball fit, but there's there's not much of a price to pay that's too much when it comes to relevancy, when it comes to your yeah. brand. And that's what a lot of people weren't seeing with the whole KD to the Knicks situation and how that blew up in their face that Brooklyn got them. Everybody was like, well, the one the defenders of Dolan and the Knicks were like, you know, players don't come back, you know, like that very often and they've been hamstrung by injured superstars before. And it's like that's not the point, man. It's the point is is that you're supposed to be a premier franchise and you look dead in the water. You really do. Yeah. And that's the thing with the Clippers is not only did they buy two current MVP uh candidates 
it's that the Clippers are now serious for the first time ever. Even with, like, the Lob City Clippers and everything, like, they were, to a point, respected, but now they are legitimately in the game. And that's, that's, there's no price to pay for that. And they're in the game with Jerry West leading the front office and Doc Rivers uh, on the bench as coach. And Steve Ballmer as this super wealthy, spend the luxury tax kind of owner, which is perfect. So they're dangerous. I'm, I'm really excited. And the so. last point about Paul George really quick, I just wanted to address. Man, the NBA's got to be really careful with player empowerment. Ooh. And if we want to do that for fi- – unless you have a different idea for final possession, I can save that for mine. Yeah. I, no, I think that – actually, I was thinking that would be a perfect one for uh, – for your final possession. Okay. I'm, I'm interested to hear that. All right, then we'll go to the speed round. Yeah, so for the speed round, I just want to kind of mention a player and then just set it up a little bit mm-hmm. and get your answer. So first thing, uh, Paul George is obviously indirectly impacted by Kawhi because now he you know, is teaming up with him in, in L.A. And Kawhi is relying on Paul George to be that dependable number two guy to help lead them to a championship. This can certainly elevate Paul George's legacy. Two-part question. Do you think Paul George can be a number two guy on a title team with his Clippers? And what kind of legacy – like what's the best case scenario for his legacy to rise up um, here in L.A.? I absolutely think that he can be a number two on a title team. I think that he even proved last year he reached a ceiling as a number one that me – you know, neither of us – because you've said that before, and I always thought Paul George was the most overrated player in the league for a long time. Because everybody acted like he was a one, but I, to me, he always played like a two. Yeah. And last year, he played like a one, man. It was so <laughs> impressive. Yeah, and, uh, agreed. I, th- I think that he has the scoring ability and the defensive ability to absolutely be the second best player on a team. And, yeah, this is this does more for Paul George's legacy then I don't I don't even know if he realizes it because he went from like basketball player that's good that kids twenty five years from now wouldn't know to he'll be legitimately famous. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest part of his legs. I think he went from a player that could be forgotten in time to a guy that you pretty much never can forget after this is all said and done. Agreed. I think of it this is could be blasphemy. I think of like uh James Worthy with the Lakers in the Showtime, he was like the clear third guy, but we know that guy, right? Or yeah. like with the Celtics, uh, Robert Parrish is like their fourth person, their fourth player, third or fourth guy on that team. But we know him because, you know, any, or Chris Bosh, anyone who's on a championship competing team, we Chris remember Bosch those Chris Bosh is a guys. great comparison, Paul. Yeah. So, except Paul George would be number two. So Yeah, um, he's a number two. And that's blasphemous, I would say, because James Worthy was, you know – Great in his own right, but we never remember that because of magic. Uh, those two together, we'll talk about more in future episodes. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have two small forwards, two top five small forwards, arguably the best, who who are both elite all world defenders, mm-hmm. and who are both elite shooters and yep. can handle the ball and make play make. Yep. That's pretty nice. <laughs> and then Patrick Beverly in that backcourt. Oh. I'm assuming they're going to put Paul George at the two. Do you think they'll do that, or do you think they'll go small well, ball 
it's nice because they can do both. They they can, You're they right. can go a lot of they have some good shooting guards, so they can go a lot of ways. Um second player I want to mention is Kyle Lowry. So of course he's Kawhi's now former teammate on Toronto. Uh do, how much do you think Kawhi saved Lowry from having an otherwise poor legacy? Or just a disappointing maybe legacy. He's he's definitely got a lot to think when it comes to Kawhi Leonard because I think he again would be I mean I think he's a seven time all star at this point or something. He's a five time five time, which is good. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, for Kyle Lowry? Yeah. Like that's amazing because I just you know, if I didn't watch the NBA as closely as like I watched the NBA pretty closely and I can't tell you if I've watched like 48 full minutes of Kyle Lowry before this, you know, playoff run just because, you know, there's just not anything super defining about the guy, but now he has this championship, man, he is a much better three point shooter than I thought he was. Goodness gracious. But (laughs) he, he's now going to be a piece of NBA history. Even if it's a small, small piece, if you made a puzzle of the MB- history of the NBA, and it was like a 10,000-piece puzzle, and you had all the guys, I think a little itty-bitty picture of Kyle Lowry's face would have to be in the background after this title run. That's really good. Yeah, I like that. So Kyle Lowry, uh, he should be thinking Kawhi. Yes, he someone maybe who, Someone maybe who shouldn't be thinking Kawhi. We've covered this a little bit, but I want to throw out Kevin Durant's name. Um, first of all, you know, they, they unfortunately, they didn't go head-to-head in this finals. That would have been oh, that would have been so great. I'm I'm sad we we missed that out, but they're both vying for the best player in the league belt for the next I would say two to four years or so. Um, I'm curious, do you have Durant pretty decisively ahead of Kawhi like all time, and do you think Kawhi there's a route where he can catch or even surpass KD? Because because they're both in that small forward. Kind it's of list. interesting because the answer is yes and the answer is yes. I think that Kevin Durant is pretty decently spaced from Kawhi, but now that we looked back at how long he's been an MVP candidate, and to me more importantly, his age when he was doing it. Like Kevin Durant was great when he was young too, so that's why I still have Kevin Durant kind of you know spaced out. Um, I think he's just been doing it at such a high level for longer. Yeah, but. Kawhi was about to take down Durant in his prime, like, more than once. You know, and it's, you know, Kevin Durant took the Spurs kind of away there for a second when they went to the NBA Finals, when they ended up doing what Toronto did, which was coming back from 2-0 to win 4-2. And um, Kawhi Leonard comes in the picture. They He wins an NBA Finals. If he doesn't get hurt, you're talking about a guy that – then, you know, prob- it takes Kevin Durant and the Warriors to their max. And then Kawhi Leonard winning this playoffs, it's funny because it's like an indirect rivalry, which is why this is such a good question from you. I do think Kawhi Leonard can pass him up someday. I think Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard can pass in- anybody not named LeBron James, but is it crazy to think that he could? No, not at all. <laughs> no, uh, he Kawhi can at this point I think he can do whatever the hell he wants to. <laughs> um, That's crazy because if we started having a serious conversation 
about Kawhi Leonard and his path to passing Jordan, I think that everybody would say it's insane because it hasn't happened yet, but it's not like there's not an avenue. There's an avenue. So here, uh, uh, just want to kind of – let's pursue that. It's interesting. So um, Kawhi, again, he's finished eight seasons. So he's got two championships. You got two finals MVPs. That's good to go. Two defensive player of the years. That's good. Like those two are better than most players in the, in the top ten debate. Uh, two championships is minimum. Like you, you need that to kind of etch your way in, right? Mm-hmm. If he can win, I would say minimum three. One more. Mm-hmm. One more ties him with Bird. Ties him with LeBron. But the difference would be winning in as a Clipper and winning as a Raptor. Personally, would kind of move him ahead of a little few guys. That's just me. Um, he needs like five to six more seasons of just get your All-Stars, get your All-NBAs, get your core kind of, you know, participation trophies <laughs> just to add to some legacy and, and whatnot. Because, uh, for example, like Kevin Durant is a 10-time All-Star. Kawhi's three. Um, actually, all league selections, though, they're similar. Um so, but like Durant's made six All NBA first teams. <laughs> That's really good. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's only made two, but he's made two. So if he can get that to like four or five, then it's close enough. Because mm-hmm. then Kawhi can brag about, well, I've got five All Defensive teams, and you have none. And um, so he needs to add about five more years of just kind of collecting those accolades. Mm-hmm. And combined with what he already has, one more championship, you can move him up. And I'll say this too. This is weird, but I was looking at Basketball Reference, looking at Kevin Durant, and man, it's just weird seeing that he only had spent three seasons in Golden State, and like he only has two championships. And I got to tell you, this might not be fair. When I when I I looked at it, it just felt a little underwhelming. Wow. See, I don't feel that way. It's just, I guess, like. I was thinking they could be the next Boston Celtics, which not, not eleven titles, but you know, I kind of wish they were. Man, like people, they could. It's that team was they more special been. than people realize. I think, and yeah. it could have been. We could have had the modern Celtics dynasty, like you said, the modern That's version all. of it. Well, like not that they didn't accomplish enough. Like they accomplished a ton. It's just what they could have accomplished in wrecking the league. I just feel kind of like with the heat but even more so it's like they did great but man i kind of thought they could have done a little more yeah and we, that's all so. they could have i think they if kevin durant would have stayed and they would have tried to make that work that would have been yeah they would have i think by the end of it they would be the i don't i don't know this kind greatest. of blasphemous to say but the brand of basketball they would be yeah. the brand yeah i agree um two more players but we'll wrap up to the same question okay because I have my same kind of angle on them. Mm-hmm. Stephen Curry and LeBron James. So both, obviously, I think are going to end. You know, LeBron's a top two, top three guy. Curry could end up as a top ten player, you know, a top fifteen. Um, both of them were gunning for a three-peat, which is really rare and important historically. Um, if they had won a three-peat, they would have had a chance at a four-peat, which would be incredible. And both got thwarted by Kawhi. So, uh, is Kawhi like this generation's? I don't know. Is he 
the the legacy preventer? Is he the is he the Jordan? You know, um, I don't know. Just what kind of impact do you think he's had on those two guys, and can they get some revenge on him? I think that the the impact he's going to have on their careers is going to come in the future because he was still a pup coming into his own against LeBron. LeBron was kind of already on the way out. You could kind of say the same thing with the Warriors. They were about to embark on a complete change. You know, it's 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 like it's not really the same as what LeBron did to Golden State when they were 73 and 9 and had this future set, you know, which ended up getting sure. Kevin Durant to be fair. No, but, it's, it's true. But I think they are fine. Like they, they're not defined by what Kawhi did to them. Kawhi kind of defined himself for what he did to them. Um, but I think now going into it, he said, "We're I'm in the same state now. I've got LeBron in the same city. I've got Curry on the uh, coastline as well. Let's settle this once and for all. And that's where it's going to have the impact on their legacy. Yeah. That's just funny because uh, if not for perhaps it's not for Kawhi, you're seeing you're looking at Steph and LeBron in a different, in in even more heralded kind of Man, way. Man, so. all right, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Kawhi, I see what I see where you were going with from the beginning. Yeah, Steph is a, I mean Steph is top ten all time at that. He's got three straight. Kevin Durant has three straight. LeBron. Who knows could, what happens? Could have had a three P in that situation. Back. Yeah, and LeBron's now got four titles instead of three, moving even closer to that Jordan status. And those yeah. three P's are important. So yeah. if you can get them, but uh, interesting, just a thing. So uh, now going forward, now that Kawhi's the guy with a target on his back, we'll see if other players can can take aim at him and take him down. Right, but currently he's he's the top dog. So. Uh, we want to move on to the final possession, and you had an interesting point you were kind of hinting at uh, about player empowerment. So I wanted to see if you can lead off and give your take on that. So the NBA needs to be very careful with what they need to do in the future to preserve their league. Paul George was able to ask for and demand a trade at the whim of what he wanted and was able to get it almost immediately. And the same situation kind of happened with uh, Kawhi Leonard. It happens with a lot of Anthony Davis, a lot of these guys. And the problem with that is that I was listening to a podcast with Brian Winhorst and Adrian Wojnarowski, and they said it's a player's league. If they demand a trade, they get it. They have all the power in this league. And unlike the NFL, unlike Major League Baseball, those te- those businesses and their models are based off of teams, and it's the sport and the teams that sell the league. Well, in the NBA, it's the players. It's the it's the LeBrons. It's the KDs. It's the Kawhis. And eventually, you're going to have this imbalance of power to where they are going to rule what happens. And you're already seeing a lot of that. And it's to the point where people tune in to watch the players and not the teams. And especially for this younger generation that, that Paul, you and I are in. So this Paul George situation is really went from a microcosm of what's wrong or what's could be wrong with Power, player uh, 
empowerment, quote unquote, and how dangerous that can be just for the overall health of the league. The players should definitely have rights and everything that they want, but at the same time, when you can completely dishonor a deal, you know, multiple examples and force your way to different situations, it's it could be set up for big trouble in the future. Very nice. All right. So I'm going to just make a quick thing here, looking into the all-time greatest small forwards list as Kawhi is moving up. We kind of need to update. And I also think it's going to refresh because there's two current players in here. So you're looking at LeBron James and Larry Bird. I would argue are the top two guys. They're there. It was Bird for a long time, but LeBron, I believe, has caught him and surpassed him. Kevin Durant and Kawhi, though, they're both moving up very quickly, and especially Durant. Durant is maybe at a point uh, or very close to matching or overtaking Bird. Uh, we'll see kind of what happens with uh, him post-injury. Um, but you would look at LeBron, Bird, Durant. Dr. J, Julius Irving, he's the most difficult player to rate because based on him, just his talent, he's probably a top 10 guy, but a lot of his career is in the NBA, but he's in the list somewhere. I would say maybe Kawhi is right after him, if or if not with him, and, the, and perhaps the top five already, and that sounds crazy, but Kawhi might already be there. Behind in this list, in my opinion, um, you have guys like Elgin Baylor, Scottie Pippen, John Havlicek, Rick Barry, Dominique Wilkins, and then further, you know, like Paul Pierce and, and guys like that. So uh, it's pretty incredible that Kawhi might already be or very close to being top five all time in his position. And uh, there's room to grow up for sure. So, all right. I think that was good. That was <laughs> good. I do have one more thing before we end the show. Yeah, Is sure. That- Part of the player empowerment I was talking about, it's weird that in other sports, uh, market doesn't matter as much as it does in the NBA. Like, if you look at it, say, pretend it's 2016 again. LeBron James is in Cleveland. Kawhi Leonard's in San Antonio. Kevin Durant, well, not Kevin Durant. It was Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis is in New Orleans, and... um, Paul George is in Indiana, all four small markets and all four in 2019, just three years later are in the city of Los Angeles playing basketball. So that's, and then if you even, if you do want to include Kevin Durant, he was in Oklahoma city. Oh yeah, certainly you count that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then that's, so that's five small markets having five superstars and now four in Los Angeles one is in New York City. Kyrie's in New York City and Brooklyn. Kimba's in Boston. You know, Clay went back to San Francisco. It with this free agency period, it just showed. Like in in the NFL, you don't have that. Players either stay with their teams and make the most money, or they get let go and go wherever they can find a job. In Major League Baseball, it's just where's the money at? Like. It doesn't matter if it's Philadelphia for Bryce Harper, uh, San Diego for Manny Machado, or you know Mike Trout staying in Los Angeles because that was his home team. You know, market doesn't matter as much in those sports as it does in 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 the NBA, and I just think that's kind of interesting. And I think it's maybe because they're more of celebrities. You know, they're less pro athletes like a lot of other sports, and they're actual walking celebrities. No, that's a great point. If you look at the history of the NFL, 
two of the absolute greatest franchises, two of them, uh, are the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so then you think of like the Dallas Cowboys, that's a big market, but like Green Bay and Pittsburgh, if those, if, if those were, if they, sorry, if those cities had NBA teams, they would be the small market teams. They'd be the Grizzlies. Leaving. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So no, that's, that's a great point. Um, I will say the Oklahoma city mayor, he had a, did you see his quote he had on Paul George? Um, it was in fairness. It was last year when he resigned. Oh no! I know where he resigned, but um, hold on. Let me what see. was the? Are you talking about the tweet where it last year it was Paul George Day? Yeah. So well, he just uh, he had a tweet that came out yesterday, I think, right after the tra- trade, where his name is David Holt, and he said, first things first. I suppose we all have to get used to the NBA reality that stars are free agents, even when they're not. It is what it is. Oh wow! And That's then he a powerful can, tweet. It's true, and it came. On, he continued on. You know, he praised Paul George and stuff. But that was his first thing. We all have to get used to the NBA reality that stars are free agents, even when they're not. And I, I do think that can be a, you know, perhaps a kind of a scary reality. But I thought that was really powerful from him. So uh, we'll see. We got more. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, there's not much more movement to talk to go through in the soft season. Um, obviously we'll have an episode coming up soon on free agency, but we'll go through all of it, but, uh, it's been pretty crazy to keep up everything. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up the show, uh, just for a brief reminder to any listeners here, you can follow our show on Twitter at M1Bball, uh, Angelo himself. He tweets out from Angelo Media Lex, definitely follow him for some good stuff. Um, after this podcast, you can find it distributed on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher and Simplecast. So, Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to this week's edition of the Air One Basketball Hour.